It's good to be with you guys here this morning. I, I, I just got to ask, I just got to ask, how many of you struggle with um, fashion, attire, and all of that thing about what am I going to wear today? Oh, what am I going to wear going to church today? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you. I, I, I want you to know that I'm not the most fashionably uh, in tune fella, but you know, when it comes to, thank you, thank you. When it comes to uh, masks, man, I got it. I've got it down. And for those of you online, uh, welcome. It's good to have you here. I know you love my attire. In fact, tell Pastor Ben and all the other staff members that are online how much you think that I am in vogue. I'm just kidding, because I've discovered that if the one on the front doesn't go well, I have a second that I can wear as well, and maybe it'll match up a little bit better, and it'll tie me all up into a mess here. So you see how we struggle with these things? Can you see that? Unbelievable. It's amazing what things have happened today, right? Are you with me? Anybody with me? Okay, this is going to be quite the crowd. How are you guys doing online? Let's talk to you guys online for a minute. Are you with me? No, seriously, listen. Um, it's a big deal. It really is in our day and age today that we live in. There are a lot more things that we uh, have to battle through. Some of us have got a real good grip on of it. Some of us don't, and some of us never will. Uh, but it's just the way it is. And I, uh, I am so thankful that uh, we continue to uh, be able to do things that will not only take care and protect uh, ourselves, but all those around us as well. So good on you for doing that. Thank you for being there, uh, doing that. I'm going to take it off so you can hear me just a little bit better. I'm a little bit nervous about it, and in all seriousness, I am, because of, because of the days that we live in and the strangeness of how this is. But I just want you to know that... Um, I continue to uh, think about and pray for each one of you different times throughout my day or whatever it might be because of the craziness of all the things that are going on, right? And I got to tell you, um, right from the outset, I could almost uh, do a huge shout and just say, you know what, with what Ashley shared with us this morning uh, in that last song, but also in all the other songs here, and I'm going to if you'll permit me here just for a minute to get this out, you, I, it just struck me in a big way, that song, uh, Whole Heart, that we sang and what Ashley said in tying in and how difficult or how things work out. It's, it's really um, interesting to see how the Lord connects all the things. He's God. I get that. I understand how he does it. He's at work in ways that we don't understand and can't see. But when it comes to lining up the music and with what I want to share with you on my heart and all of the other things that go on, and there is so much evidence of God at work. And then what um, Scotty shared with us, listen, we could just stand up right now. I could close in prayer and we could leave because we've really experienced church this morning. Amen? Nine o'clock, people, I have people enthusiastically going. Yes, close in prayer right now, and let's get out the door. So anyway, it was good. But uh, it, it's the truth. So well done. So well said. The songs, the, the message that was in that, what Scotty said was right on point. And what we want to share in this series uh, from our hearts, this stuff is uh, from our hearts. So today, I'm going to be talking to you about the neighborly things to do, dot, 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 and things like that. And so... 
Would you go back just for a minute, Harry? Just to, there you go. Okay, this one here. When it comes to the series from the heart, see what I'm responsible for there? That's just two of the many things that we all do. But those are the two that I really uh, am tasked with. And I'm telling you, they hit me in a big way. Missions, not so much globally right now, although we do have missionaries all over the world serving who are from North America and other countries uh, away from home serving in the middle of a pandemic. They still are doing what God has tasked them to do and called them to do. And it is a big passion of mine. Teenagers are a big passion of mine. That's why I'm working with Pastor Mike with our youth ministry. And I'll tell you, even though we can't do uh, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the global stuff right now, the big thing that's resonating with me is our local outreach, our local mission, what we're called to do right here in our neighborhoods. And I'm excited to be able to share with you uh, about this and, uh, and to encourage you with what God has laid on my heart to, to get out into our community and to get busy doing what he has tasked each one of us to do, okay? You good? Okay, one of you is good. So thanks for speaking for the crowd. This is good. I'm excited for it. Um, let's take a look at that uh, title slide. Here, excellent. All right, anything wrong with that up there? What? It's good to have you here too, Sarah. <clears throat> I spelled it wrong. Spelled what wrong? Neighbor, what, what's, what's wrong with that? There's no U. Think about that just for a minute. No U. What would your neighborhoods look like if there was no U? Okay, now I'm a, I'm, I was born and raised in the United States. And we spell it the right way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I just, I, I wanted to do it that way because in, it is not wrong in the United States to spell it that way. It's not wrong in the United States to spell it with you, but it, the importance of it is the missing letter here that you picked right up on quickly, right? How many of you picked up on that quick? Good students, well done. All those teachers, take note, okay? But think about that. If there was no you, where are you in your neighborhood? Where are you in your neighborhood? And so we're going to land in that area there because... Um, the reason why I wanted to speak to you specifically on this is that it seems that COVID, the dreaded word, has made opportunities for excuses to isolate from the world around us, including our neighborhoods. Did you catch that? It's given us an excuse to pull back. Sometimes we pull back up close and, and that physical distancing thing, and I'm not, I'm not harping on that. I, that is a great thing. It's a good thing. Sometimes we pull back from afar as well. Even in our own neighborhoods, we pull way back. And I feel like it has given many people, including those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus and disciples, the excuse that we can pull back from not doing what he's called us to do even in the middle of a pandemic, to be the light of the world in our neighborhood as well. And so I want to encourage you with these words today, not beat you down, not harp on anything. We have got to be smart. We have got to be wise. We have got to use what God has given us by way of wisdom to navigate through these difficult days. We've got to use the wisdom, but we can do this. We really can. And we cannot miss out. And we cannot build on excuses 
even during the middle of a pandemic. We just need to think better. Okay? And so I want to jump right in with this here. Um, whether your neighbor, when you think about your neighbors, now, now get a picture of your neighborhood. Think about your neighbors in the houses that are beside you, behind you, across the street from you, your neighbor in the cubicle next to you at work or down the hall in the next classroom, wherever it might be, wherever it is that you work, think about those people. Neighbors, coworkers, whatever you want to title them as. And think about the fact that they're also drowning in work and they're just down the street, they're just down the hall, they're just across the street. They're in their own homes. They're drowning in a lot of the things that we're doing as well. We're struggling with it. It's not just us. It's everybody. And loving them in a way that Jesus told us how to do and the way the early church describes it in Acts chapter 2, which, by the way, if you want to get your Bibles out or your devices out and turn to Acts chapter 2, that's going to be one of the main portions of Scripture that we're in today. Acts chapter 2, go ahead and uh, grab that. If you're at home right now and you don't have your Bible or or if you have your phone open to something else other than what we're doing, get back to the Bible app and uh, open up to Acts chapter 2. And uh, we're going to read there in just a minute. But this is something that we can look at in loving the way that Jesus told us to, how the early church modeled it out. And it has definitely for sure become far more difficult in this season, but it can be done. And it applies today. So let's take a look. This leads us to, really when you think about it, what God says about loving our neighbors well. And how we might practically do it in all of the chaos, in all of the anxiety, in all of the things that we're listening to, all those voices that are just pounding for our attention, whether it's on the radio or on the news or on the computer or across the hallway, whatever it might be, all of those things and potential stress of a global pandemic. Listen to what Acts chapter 2 says. And I'm going to read verses 42 through 47. So read along with me if you have it. You ready? Here we go. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Now I want you to hook into these next two verses. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now I don't want you to get sideways on it. We're going to come back to that. We're going to help break, unpack that and break it down. And then it goes on to say, they worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying goodwill of, the, of all the people. And each day the Lord added to that fellowship those who were being saved. Now listen, they weren't in a pandemic. Okay, I get that. When this was written, they were not in a pandemic. But I want you to understand Back where it talks about, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold the property and the possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. you got to recognize this. This was the early church. Jesus had come. He was here. He told them all these things that needed to happen. So this message right there in those two verses were for the Jewish people of the day. But it not only was for that day, if you go back into the Old Testament and research it out, you will discover that God had tasked his people to take care of those who were poor, those who were in need, those who could not make ends meet. They were to do that. That's what was required of the people of Israel during the days back in the Old Testament. Not us right now. That's where the context of that teaching came from. And then it came into 
where they were being taught that as the early church, Jesus came and said to do this to the people we encounter. This is how we are to be followers and disciples of him bringing forward some of the stuff that was taught in the law. And Jesus came, fulfilled all the law, brought a new covenant, and taught us how to do things. But he did not deviate from this message. The Jewish people in the New Testament, in the early church, were still required to do this. They were told to do this. But it became about then as well about being neighbors, because, yes, there were people who were still struggling and still needed help who could not make ends meet. But listen, in 2020, this is how it applies to us today. Because the church, the early church, was brought into existence because then the good news, the gospel that had come initially for the God's people, the Jewish people, became ours as well. We got brought into it. If you read a little later on in the book of Acts, you'll see... Early on, the Holy Spirit came on the Jewish believers, the early church, and then it came on those of us who are not of the Jewish ancestry, okay? And it was for us as well. And so it ties in. It is for us as well today in 2020. And I'm telling you something. I'm excited to be able to share with you today something that I am passionate about. And I want you to recognize that even though there is a stinking rotten global pandemic, and it's tough. We're still called to be the light of the world. We are still called to be good neighbors. Okay? Now, along with that, I want to just push forward through this. I, I was reading here just recently from an individual who wrote an article. Her name is Mary Wiley. Some of you may have heard of her, maybe not. But anyway, she's the author of a book called Everyday Theology. And it's an eight-week Bible study exploring the essential doctrines of why they matter in our everyday lives. She wrote an article just recently for the Gospel Coalition. And I want to share some of the things that go way beyond, way beyond, and actually are an excellent thing for us to apply into our lives to the people in the homes literally the houses that are next to us on our street and literally in the offices and in the classrooms and wherever else you might find yourself, those people that are our neighbors every day, they can apply today and they are backed up by God's word, which is accurate and true for us in the middle of a pandemic with all the junk going on. We're still called to do it. You with me? You okay? I'm encouraged about this, and I want to encourage you. I'm not harping. I want you guys to really catch a hold of this because, man, we need to have the fire. It's already lit in us. We just need to have it fanned into a huge forest fire, okay, and really get at what God has given us an opportunity to do. So with that in mind, I'm going to share these things. Now, in this, there, are, there is one thing that we all are or should be aware of, and that is called the great commandment that is given to us in the scriptures. I'm sure many of you could probably quote it by heart in there, but I'm going to have you jump over to Mark chapter 12, and we're going to take a look at these two verses, Mark chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses um, uh, 30 and 31 that deal with this, and then we're going to pile into those things that I want to share with you that can help us to do the neighborly things in our communities. 
Jesus told his followers to love their neighbors as themselves. We get that in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. But not before reminding them of the greatest commandment that they should love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's what it says in order, verses 30 and 31. You can read along with me if you want to. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is equally important. Now pay attention to this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. He didn't put a little caveat in there that says, except in a pandemic, you don't have to do it. Okay, that's not in the small print. Are you with me? You got this? It's for all times, for all things. And we need to recognize that he has called us to do that. So the first thing we have to love God, we must first love God with all of us, everything that we do in our daily life before we can love our neighbors well. And I know some are struggling. If I were to ask, don't do it. At home, you can do it if you want to raise your hand with your family there. But if I were to ask you, raise your hand, how many of you are struggling with this mess? Man, I'm sure hands would go up. I'm sure they would. I struggle with it. Didn't think I could or did. I do. It's tough. But we have to not shut down in loving our neighbors and for that matter, the world, even in the middle of this, we got to be smart, but we got to not shut down. That's why we wear the masks. It's important to stay in line with the things that are good wisdom, using our heads with this. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing at all. In fact, I wear two masks. Sometimes I even stick a filter in there because I can't get an N95, but that's okay. But you know what I'm saying. It's important for us to do this. We can do these things and not shut down. So I want to encourage you to jolt yourself out of that. From the greatest commandment flows into the second one. We must first love God before we can love our neighbor well. So are you loving God in all you do in your everyday life? Are you lightening? Let me ask you this question. You think about it. Are you lightening up the load of your neighbors and your coworkers by carrying your own load with excellence? Think about it. Am I carrying my own load with excellence? Am I doing it with intentionality and joy? I'm just asking. Yes, even in a difficult time, the outflow can be joy, joyful. And I want to encourage you with that. And then next, practically seeking to love our neighbors as ourselves, we should ask how we tend to Love ourselves should be poured out onto them. What makes us feel most loved in this world and in this weird season of uncertainty? Ask yourself that. What is it that makes me feel loved in this time? What do you wish your neighbors and coworkers would do to support you? And then turn it around. What can I do to support them? So what are the neighborly things to love and to care for people that God has placed me in the middle of? Think about it. You're in the middle of people. Look around the room. Take a look in your rooms or wherever you are watching us online. There are people around you. You're around people every day. You're not a complete isolationist, I hope. And I'm not digging at that. I really want you to take a, take a thought for just a moment and think that God has placed you in the middle of people. And I want to share five things that you can, can help you be that neighborly person. The first one, pray. We can pray to be a good neighbor, and to pour into our neighbors. We can pray. Now, someone said, who's way smarter than I, thank you, Mary Wiley, that wrote this, 
I never thought of it, but when she shared this, I was like, yes, that's it. Often, we view prayer as something not noticed. Just ruminate on that for just a little bit. We view prayer as something that's not noticed. Although we never say it aloud, our actions sometime that reveals our belief that prayer isn't really doing anything, if you're honest with yourself. Think about it. We pray, but sometimes eh, it's just not doing anything. We just pray. But we, you know, you, you with me on that? Am I as clear as mud? Okay, you're with me, good. Sometimes that can happen. Yet, I want you to shift from that thinking to this. When we advocate for our neighbors before our Holy Father, the one true God, and I loved how this is put, it is the most powerful action we can take on their behalf. Think about it. And then with that, what I want to encourage you to do is this. And I was like, yes, I can put my finger on this now. I get it. When we're doing that, listen, when we're engaging with the people around us, our neighbors at work, wherever it might be, anybody that we're engaging with on the phone, online, listen in the conversation that you're having for prayer requests as neighbors and coworkers mention their challenges. Listen, I'm not saying, what can I pray for you about? Don't, you don't have to go to them and say, what can I pray for you about? It'd be kind of weird some places, right? It can be awkward. It's awkward for me to ask people, what can I pray for you about? And I'm a minister for crying out loud. It's awkward at times. But if I am honest with myself, Am I really listening in the conversation that I'm having with the people that are around me or my neighbors for things that I can be praying for, even though it's not the ask? I may not have asked them, but they may say something that has been a real challenge with them. Listen, and then when you do catch it, make a note of it and spend time praying for them. Want to know a good place to pray? How many of you guys commute to work? Come on, put your hands up. It's okay. All right, good. Excellent. More people in the 9 o'clock were commuting than this group here. That's okay. That's good. But I want you to li listen. It's a great time to pray. It, it is. Thank you for that affirmation. Excellent. Online, tell Pastor Ben it's a great place to pray when you're commuting to work. I really want you guys to understand that it is. Yeah, the radio is going. Sometimes I pray loud enough that I'm over the radio. Okay. And we hear a lot of those voices. Sometimes it's just nice to silence it and come before the Lord in your car and pray on the way in. For those prayer requests that you're now aware of because you are engaged in a conversation with your neighbors. You okay with this? You okay with this teaching? It's good stuff. I tell you, it really is. And it's a passion of the mind. And it should be a passion for us because we have an opportunity to do it, to come before the Father. And so I want to encourage you to be able to do that. Here's another way. Just step, look out your windows at your home. How many of you have ever looked out your windows at your neighbor's house? <laughs> it's okay. 
You can do it. You can look out your neighbor's house. It's okay. That's what windows are there for, to look out. Okay? You with me? Yeah, you can look out and you can say, man, I need to pray for a neighbor. And pray for them. Pray for that home right over there. And if you really want to, and go, it's a good thing to do in a pandemic, go outside and get fresh air, step outside. Take a look down your street, left and right, across, behind if you want to, and pray for them. Just don't stand there staring at their house in your dooryard praying for them. Because, it, you know, when the curtain comes back a little bit, and then, hey, Margaret, what are they doing? You get it. Don't be weird and awkward, but you can do it. You get what I'm saying? You with me online? Go like this. Okay, now, Pastor Ben, say, tell him you just nodded. Okay, good. I want you guys to really be aware that you can do this. And then number two, praise number one. Number two, be intentional. You've got you've to really pay attention to this. Okay? Be intentional. When you have a few minutes between the busies, how many of you have got the busies going on sometimes? Some of you young parents definitely have the busies going on, right? Right. And we do. We do have the busies. Things happen. Things can, I'm a squirrel watcher. And when I'm busy, a squirrel, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of things happening. Sometimes it's not good. But listen, uh, I was just joking about the squirrel watcher. I don't like to watch squirrels. I really don't. But you get what I'm saying. We're busy. And we've got to be intentional during these times. When the busies come around, don't take those few minutes that you have just to grab your phone and spend your whole time glued to it or refreshing your emails. Do that when you have the other times to do it. Be intentional on the breaks or the few minutes that you have to just put everything aside and engage with the people around you, your coworkers, somebody across the street, you can yell over at them, okay, and, and talk to them and just engage with them. Be intentional about those things um, and discuss with them. So how's things going? We've been in this thing for a little while. I don't know how many months we've been in this. But it's been a while, right? We should have a pretty good grip on how to do this, on, on engaging with people. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and continue to do that, but do it in a way that people are sensing, ooh, they really are interested in what I have to say. Ask them, how's it going? Okay? Ask them if they're parents, and you know it. How's your kid's school experience going on? How many of you are teachers in here? in the room. Any teachers we got? Yes. Yes. We need to pray for our teachers and administrators at schools. We do. It is a weird time. Can I get an amen from the teachers? Yeah. Did you see how loud that was? It's the truth. And we need to pray for them because it is tough in school. And whether you've got grown children or no children, um, it's rugged. Ask them how the parents, ask them how their kids school experiences, just in a good way, not in a weird, creepy way, okay? Intentional. Be intentional about that. And then, intentionally, as you get to know them, maybe some of you haven't met your uh, neighbors and you've been there for a while. Time to do it. It's time to make it happen. When you get to know them, take an interest of the things that's happening while living outside of your work and all the other things that crowd in for us and listen to what they say, and then, making a note, being intentional, follow up on those things that you talked to them about this week, if it's three or four weeks into the future, follow up with them, because then that shows 
you were intentional. Hey, you told me about this thing going on at your kid's school. How'd that work out? Everything good? Is there anything I can do? You see what I'm saying? How many people like intentional people? Really? You don't like, how many? Okay. Intentional people. I like intentional people. I like it when people are intentional about the things. And I would hope that you would expect that from other people. I think it's valuable for us to lock into that. Getting to know other people in, in the small margins of the day is an excellent way for you to love your neighbor as yourself. Number three, speak encouragement. And I'm going to really move through these next three real quick. Speak encouragement. I've had people in my life in the past, people that I've worked for, people that I've been around, who have spoken words of encouragement to me in the job that I was doing. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. I've even had people go a little bit further and be a little more intentional, and they've written it out. In fact, I've kept some of those. Why do you think I would keep an encouraging note from somebody who was intentional? It makes me feel good. And it makes me want to do it even more. And so I want to encourage you to speak encouragement to people around you, at work, people across the dooryard, over on the other side of your driveway. If you can loud enough out the window, speak encouragement to the person that just cut you off in the car. In the love of Jesus. Try to do that. Think about it. Think about it, seriously. But we need to be speaking encouragement, and I want to challenge you guys to do it and to make those things happen. Jesus had a way of seeing and knowing people and speaking to their need. And when you speak encouragement to the needs that they've expressed to you or shown, that's when we can be intimate with him, we can be intimate with the people around us, and we can show that the fact that we are a disciple of his and a follower of hers. Number four, seek to help. Seek to help. It seems so simple, but when people genuinely ask, what can I do to help? It goes a long way. And it is. It's a simple thing, and it can go a long way. When you come up to somebody and say, listen, I've got a little bit of time. I've got an hour, or whatever it is. I can help you with this. Can I give you a hand? What, what do you want me to do? It's a big deal. Real quickly, I had somebody who called me up not long ago, like just the other day, and said, listen, I remember one time you said, if there's anything I could do, whatever it is, give me a call. And then you said to me, and I seriously mean this, call me. If I find out you didn't, I'm going to be upset. Well, I'm calling you now. Can you help me with this? And be, yes, he gave me all the details, kind of shamed me into it. No, he didn't. But my words, I spoke with intentionality to him. Is that a word? It's a word today, if it isn't. And I said, all right, Lord, I did say those words almost verbatim. And you've called him, or you've made him call me today, or whatever it is. I don't know if that's theologically sound, but whatever. He's calling me today to help. And if I'm going to be there in the middle of a pandemic, remember I said it's just a few days ago? I said, sure, I can help you. And I went and I did it. And I want to let you know that we can do it. And there are people that are crying for help out there every day today in a pandemic, and we can do it. And we need to step out and do it. Looking intentionally to help others in the small margins of our day is an excellent way to love your neighbor as yourself.
The last thing, number five, ask God to open your eyes for an opportunity to serve. Don't ask if you're not going to follow through. Why wouldn't you, if you're a follower of Jesus, ask him to open your eyes up for an opportunity to serve? Think about it. Even in the middle of a pandemic, the people who are in our contact zones, that's the people we run into every day or that we see outside in our neighborhoods, maybe facing challenges that are hidden from our sight. I got to tell you that just in the last five weeks or so, there have been a couple, two glaring, like they rank right up there in the top few in my life, two things that have happened in the last five weeks to my neighbors, people that are in my contact zone, people that I connect with. Unreal. People are struggling. Because of what I do outside of this mantle that I wear as a pastor here, obviously, I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to do it, but it ties together with my life as a disciple and follower of Jesus to serve. And if I sign on for an opportunity to serve in some capacity, I'm going to do it. You would not believe, but yes, you might. Think about the people that are struggling and going through the mud and the ugliness in these days and ask for opportunities to serve and be the good neighbor there. Even the most random space can convey an outstanding amount of God's peace to people around us as his people love their neighbors well. In the chaos or what feels like darkness, God can provide both order and light through you.